Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans, and welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your podcasts, including on Apple and Google Play and Stitcher and TuneIn and PodBay, and there's so many platforms you can go to get this podcast. The easiest way is to go and search for the Buffalo Rumblings network of podcasts on those platforms, and you will get a chance to see all of the podcasts that fall under the Buffalo Rumblings family of podcasts. Uh, my name is John Boccasino. I am the longtime host of this podcast since we launched in April of 2018, along with our now not-so-new co-host partner, Jamie D'Amico, welcoming him on the program. He has now joined us for his third podcast here on Believe, and he has not been intimidated by the media requests. He has not been inundated with the fame that comes with being a podcast host, and we are so glad that Jamie is uh, back with us today. Jamie, thanks for joining us. Man, I can handle the attention. It's amazing how much we get doing this. Who knew how famous we would become and how quickly, but man, it feels good. It's a good it's a good podcast network we've built up here. Give a lot of credit to Matt Warren for uh, organizing our stellar lineup of podcasts. Again, if you go to any of your podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Megaphone, all those awesome po- uh, platforms. If you search the Buffalo Rumblings podcasts, you will find us and, of course, all of the esteemed colleagues I mentioned previously. Here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast, we are excited because the first preseason game is coming up this Thursday when the Buffalo Bills host the Indianapolis Colts. We already know that Andrew Luck will not be playing at all, um, but it's exciting to at least have football back in its actual form and not in training camp form, not in guys practicing in shorts form, not in guys tentatively hitting people with pads and helmets. This will be actual football. Now, a lot of it, you're going to see the starters for a series, maybe two. Nobody wants to have an injury for one of their key players, but You know, this is kind of like we're finally starting to get to the point where football is back. And of course, the Buffalo Bills four game preseason schedule kicks off on Thursday when the Colts come to New Era Field for a 7 p.m. kickoff. We, of course, will have all of your preseason news covered here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. But this morning, Jamie and I thought it would be fun to go through and talk about our observations so far from the first week plus of camp at St. John Fisher College. There are a lot of storylines that our fans are watching out there. There's a lot of 
news articles and items on buffalorumblings.com and other news outlets that have really been causing some Bills fans to either get really excited in the case of Ed Oliver um, or to get a little bit concerned as in the case of our first topic here, Mitch Morse and the offensive line. Of course, the Bills thought they were getting a Pro Bowl caliber center who was going to be the anchor of the offensive line, who was going to step in and make people forget all about last year's porous play from the O-line, return to the days of Eric Wood anchoring the offensive line, and everything we believe coming out of Kansas City, you know, Morris, even though he's had a checkered injury history, would be ready to go and uh, would be a tenacious member of that offensive line. Unfortunately, Mitch Morris has been battling concussions. Um, this Last week he was diagnosed with a concussion, according to Sean Dermott. Um, he's been working his way through the concussion protocol. But it's it's easy to get concerned about this injury, Jamie, because if Mitch Morris misses any sort of time, if Mitch Morris is not able to play at the caliber that the Bills expected of him when they gave him that mammoth contract that made him the highest paid center in the league, it's going to be a dire situation in Western New York. And uh, you know what? what's your thought, Jamie, on, uh, on the severity of the Mitch Morris injury and then the ripple effect that that might have on the rest of the offensive line? The thing that concerns me the most about this is that head injuries in particular worsen each time you get them. This would be the third time that Mitch Morris has had a concussion. First time he missed one game and then missed uh, their, the Kansas City Chiefs playoffs run couple years after that, he missed five games. Does this mean he's going to be out more than five weeks? I think that, you know, this could be the kind of thing that lingers into the season. And in my my bad dreams at night, I'm imagining him missing a good chunk of the season. Here's what really concerns me. Is this going to be the kind of thing that becomes more chronic? We know that with head injuries, the more you get them, the easier they are to sustain when they're on the field. Well, gosh, is this going to be the type of thing where a year, two years down the road, he's going to say, you know what? I want to be there for my family. I want to be there for my children. I'm going to walk away from the game. And I mean, you understand that he's got to do its best for him and we, we pray for their health, but could the bills be left sitting there with the, this massive contract in the end? Ugh. This, this could be a really ugly situation, and I, I feel for the guy, and I worry for him. Yeah, concussions, Jamie, are definitely something that you know the NFL is finally paying more attention to after years and years of just ignoring the situation or telling players to suck it up and ignore the ringing noises, the constant chronic pain and headaches and migraines. I mean, if you've ever had a concussion, I am fortunate to never have had a concussion, knock on wood, but I've had friends who have had concussions and you just, you see this glazed over look in their eyes and they're not the same. Their ability to concentrate and focus gets greatly reduced. And yeah, the severity of having had previous concussions, if this is his third one, um, there was an article that was uh, was published on rumblings by uh, Kyle Trimble Uh, That was basically talking about the frequency of concussions, and it says individuals that have three or more concussions are three times more likely to have a future concussion, and as a result, have slower healing times. This is clearly evident with Morse taking five weeks to return from his concussion midway through the 2018 season compared to the concussion he suffered in 2015. So... If it is indeed, um, it is obviously a concussion. He's working his way back. I read somewhere from Chris Brown of buffalobills.com that he was 
either at stage three or stage four of returning from the concussion protocol. But the Bills are in no rush to bring him back because the preseason, all he was doing was working on developing his timing with Josh Allen and the rest of his offensive line mates. And yes, that's important for everybody with all the new faces to really get on the same page. But the bigger picture is Mitch Morse's long-term health and his ability to be there for as much of the tween season as possible. If there is a silver lining, because nothing good comes from Morris having a concussion and battling his way back. However, the Bills have done a good job this offseason in stocking the offensive line with a lot of people who are not nearly as talented as Mitch Morris, but could step in and start at center um, should Morris have to miss uh, a lot of time during the regular season. Of course, Russell Bodine, the incumbent who started 74 games at center, including last year, a lot of last year for the Buffalo Bills. Spencer Long, who signed a free agent deal, has 44 career starts, most of those at center. And also John Felice, free agent signing as well, has some experience at center. Again, none of those options are as good as what can happen with Mitch Morris being fully healthy out there at center. But at least the Bills do have some offensive line options that they can sprinkle in and rotate at center should Mitch Morris have to miss any time. But, Jamie, this is definitely dis, uh, disconcerting news and a concerning update out of St. John Fisher fact that the Bills and Mitch Morris are dealing with a potential concussion injury and the ramifications that come from that. And we can uh, simply hope that he gets back on the field and is concussion-free the rest of the way. Um, but that does lead us to a great topic, though the rest of the offensive line, it looks like, looks to me anyway, like Ty Inseki is starting to make his uh, make his presence felt. And I got to tell you, since he was signed, I very much thought that he was going to end up in the starting lineup one way or another. But right now, it looks like he is taking the place of Cody Ford, the rookie offensive lineman. Right tackle is where he was playing for the Bills up to this point, and it seemed like he was basically handed the starting job, and now it seems to be slipping through his fingers. Is it too early to be worried about Cody Ford, do you think? I don't, you know, I, 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 there's been a lot of and, – and, and again, this is all the, the ripple effects from what the Buffalo Bills have had to deal with uh, during the offseason with the injuries um, that the offensive line has had. Right now, I believe, of the six offensive linemen the Bills signed during the offseason – Five of them have had to miss some time uh, in camp due to injuries. Of course, Morris with a concussion. Quinton Spain missed a few days with a leg injury. Spencer Long missed a week with a knee inflammation. Feliciano tweaked his leg late last week. And then Adrian Waddle was carted off on Sunday. We have not heard an official update from the team as to the severity of his injury. But the Cody Ford situation is fascinating to me because he started off playing at right tackle uh, in the in the training camp portion of the Buffalo Bills offseason. And, you know, we've a lot has been expected out of the rookie from Oklahoma, picked number 38 overall in the second round. And it appears now he's been playing more snaps at right guard, uh, which the Bills could use some, you know, whether it's him, whether it's John Feliciano, you know, obviously Vlad Dukas at some point is going to get released, I humble opinion, from this Buffalo Bills roster. Ty and Shecky has definitely been making an impression uh, on the offensive line, I think Ty Shecky has done a good job making himself a right tackle candidate. But at the right guard spot, I still think Cody Ford is a player to watch and to consider. Um, he's taken reps at left tackle as well. But Deion Dawkins, I think, is going to be the guy who's going to get 
that position. And I think you're right. Your boy, Ty and Shecky is really standing out at the right tackle spot. So where does that leave Ford? His play has not been terrible, but he hasn't also stood out as being an impressive player so far during training camp. I know that McDermott likes his flexibility, says that they can switch around and get him in several different positions where he can contribute. But you can just tell this is one of those things, I think, Jamie, where Ford is is really the pace of the game. You know, this is not the same in college. The edge rushers are so much faster. The linemen move so much quicker and have better footwork here in the NFL than they did in the Big 12 when he was with Oklahoma. So I think it's just an adjustment process that Ford's going to make, especially when it comes with guys rushing off the edge and him trying to learn how to adjust to get his big hands out there to get better blocking position and trying to get the advantage. Um, So I know Brian Dable had said previously about Ford moving inside that he's playing right tackle, getting his feet wet there. Um, and But early, he said it's too early on to determine if he's a right tackle or a right guard. Um, and the fact that he's now switching over to right guard, I think you can make some impressions that Ford is, is – is, they're, they're thinking of him as being more of a right guard potentially who does have a lot of potential and a lot of room to improve. I think, though, it's a little too early for me at least to uh, to kind of hit the panic button. But what about you? What are what, what concerns you more about, uh, about Ford and his post- preseason play so far? Well, I, I don't think that this is a Cyrus Quanjo situation where he doesn't belong in the NFL. I, I think he's a very talented player, and some of the tape I've seen on him has been very impressive. It concerns me that he was handed the the keys to that uh, to that position at right tackle, and that now it looks like he's losing reps there. I don't think they wanted to move him at all. I think that they're doing this a little bit out of necessity with both the injuries, but also his performance. And also, Inseki seems to be you know pushing the envelope by playing really well. I think it's too early to be concerned. We saw with Andy Levitre that he didn't come out really firing on all cylinders at the beginning of training camp when he was working, but became a Pro Bowl caliber player who, you know, had a nice long career between the Bills, Titans, and Falcons. I'm concerned in the sense that I'm a general pessimist and worry about everything regarding the Buffalo Bills, but I think it's way too early. Let's let this guy get a couple of preseason games under his belt and see where the adjustment goes. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. 
Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Talking here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. My name is John Bacasino, and of course, Jamie D'Amico is my colleague and co-host here on this fine podcast. And I think we want to switch gears to a topic that maybe will make Bills fans a little bit more excited and optimistic here as they are checking out our podcast. And it is the wide receiver updates on the offensive side of things. We entered preseason, entered training camp, knowing that the Bills' top four in some particular order was going to be John Brown, Cole Beasley, Zay Jones, and Robert Foster. I don't think anything has changed with that. Um, people are, are looking to see how, you know, there's been rumors about John Brown having outstanding repetitions and, and drills. And here's the thing with social media these days, not to sound like the old man saying, get off my lawn, but anybody can post a video in the stands of someone making an awesome highlight reel catch. And that's really cool. It's great to see that Cole Beasley is developing that rapport with Josh Allen out of the slot or that John Brown is making some deep, ridiculous, fast run down the sidelines and hauling in a 50-yard bomb. But these are still just training camp videos and they're nice to see it's great to see your guys making big catches but we want to see what the guys do when it actually counts when they're on the field against cornerbacks for opposing teams and members of the safety for opposing teams so I always take those videos with a grain of salt but there are two things I've been hearing from camp from the guys that we read here on on Believe a Buffalo Bills fan podcast and to me John Brown is garnering a lot of positive uh, praise and attention for his work, for how he's establishing himself. And then Cole Beasley, there was a story about could he be Buffalo's version of Julian Edelman, which I think, oh my gosh, every Bills fan would sign up for that, you know, 10 days a week if they could get a version of the Evil Empire's key weapon, Julian Edelman, to uh, really be a game changer and a first down guy who moves the sticks with consistency. So to see those two doing what we thought they were going to do is refreshing and it's exciting. The rest of the wide receiver room is jockeying for a position, and right now I think it's fascinating. If you look at it, the names of the guys, there's only six wide receivers who have gotten first-team reps on a consistent basis at Fisher. It's John Brown, Cole Beasley, Zay Jones, Andre Roberts, the return man they signed away from the Jets, Robert Foster, and Ray Ray McLeod. That's it. Those are the guys who have been out there with the ones for the week-plus of training camp, leaving guys like Isaiah McKenzie, on the outside in, including David Sills, Nick Easley, Victor Bolden Jr., and Cam Phillips. Maybe there's one or two spots. Maybe the Bills keep six wide receivers, and maybe there's one or two practice squad spots out there. But to me, Jamie, it's fascinating to see the way the bottom of this wide receiver room is shaking out so far through the first week plus of training camp. Yeah, and to a degree, Ray Ray McLeod is a bit of a surprise. He didn't make much of a mark last year, but he did well enough to play on the practice squad uh, throughout the season. What it's going to come down to, to me, um, after the first four, these players are going to need to have special teams ability. That's what you need out of your depth players. Um, does Ray Ray McLeod have that? If so, it is... Uh, it's a situation where he could end up backing up at the slot position. He's a small guy, only 5'9". So what can he bring to the table? The coaches seem thrilled with him. They keep mentioning him by name. 
it's going to be exciting to see how that goes through the uh, preseason and in the games playing against the uh, the defenses of other teams where there's some live bullets and guys who are fighting for their NFL lives out on the field. Uh, but when it comes to the uh, the performance of any of these guys, it starts with Josh Allen and his development. Last year, we've talked about this before, he had a very difficult time hitting his receivers underneath and in crossing routes. And that's going to make or break guys like Cole Beasley and Ray Ray McLeod, Isaiah McKenzie. Is he going to be able to hit him in stride? Is he going to be able to place that ball somewhere that they can do something with the run after the catch? That's going to be really what lets us know whether or not Cole Beasley is going to develop into that Patriot-style underneath receiver. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, – and Josh Allen, again, is one of those guys where we talk about the social media praise train coming out there, and uh, you see a lot of the positives. You know, Obviously, there are some people out there who are posting – the misfires when, you know, Josh Allen overthrows a receiver badly or forces a ball. There was a stretch where I believe it was three or four training camps in a row where Josh Allen had passes that were deflected and tipped at the defensive line spot that led into interceptions, which also could be attributed to the fact that the Bills have some giants and some hulking men who are on the line who get their paws up and uh, and knock down a pass. But, you know, you want to see more development from your, your second-year quarterback um, and I did want to mention real quick, too, that Cam Phillips is a receiver that's really made some big impressions uh, so far during preseason, including apparently great work in the red zone, his hands coming up with some good catches when the Bills are inside the 20. He's someone who seems to be taking advantage of his moment uh, to, to maybe make an impression with the coaches or try to earn a roster spot. Uh, he's a second-year player, and just like Josh Allen, their development is going to be key to what Buffalo can do in 2019. And I just want to see, Jamie, Josh Allen – out there on Thursday night, you know, I want to see two series from him. I want to see him reading and adjusting to what the defense shows. And now, granted, I'm not saying the Colts defense is going to show you a defense now that they're going to show you if you played them in week one of the regular season. But this is the best opportunity we're going to get to see Josh Allen in action, in full pads, taking on a live defense. So I'm really hoping that on Thursday night we see not running first, not leaning towards the run as his first resort, but checking out the progression of routes and seeing where his receivers are and what the defense is giving him and seeing him take some shots downfield, seeing him take the open throws when they're there. And again, just reading his way through his progressions and not looking to run first. And I think that I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, we've we've talked a couple of times about uh, Josh Allen's ceiling and what he can accomplish in the 2019 season. It all starts, of course, in earnest on Thursday night in the preseason. But I'm I'm optimistic. You actually had a really nice piece, Jamie. I give you a lot of credit. You uh, you pull back the curtain and did a nice piece that ran on Buffalo Rumblings on uh, yesterday, talking about Allen's development, and what the expectations should be. So I guess give our listeners a little summation of of that of your you know the the non-linear argument about Josh Allen's development. And fans are obviously fanatics. They expect everything to be perfect. And then the the truth is often somewhere in the middle between him being the next coming of Jim Kelly and the next coming of J.P. Lossman. Well, I I appreciate the kind words about my uh, Maiden Voyage article on Buffalo Rumblings. Um, But that piece was about the fact that human development is not linear. And when it comes to the development of young NFL players, they don't follow a steady curve up to their peak. 
Um, they move forward and take steps backwards. It's entirely part of the human development process where if you look at a child who's developing, uh, maybe at some point, maybe when they're going to start going to kindergarten for the first time, that's fantastic. That's a big step forward for them, but they may regress in another way, such as now it's time to, you know, they at bedtime, they feel like they need to sleep with their parents, which is something they hadn't done in years. Well, the same kind of thing happens in sports. So much of it is based on muscle memory that when you're actively thinking of doing something, you may fall into bad habits that are have been established previously due to muscle memory. So, for example, if Josh Allen is, is taking a look at a different coverage and he's trying to process what's happening, which is more complex than what he's seen, he may he may lose his mechanics a little bit. His footwork may be off because his brain is somewhere else. But that's why they practice, because he's going to work on that footwork and get it to the point where it doesn't take a shred of concentration that he's doing it by rote moving forward. That's why these practices are so important in these practice games in particular. Now, John, you've mentioned it a few times, and I agree with you 100%. When it comes to the practices being covered, whether it's OTAs or the early uh, training camp, man, take it with a grain of salt because the good gets overblown and the bad in particular gets overblown when it comes to these players. We're not really going to know until we see them on the field against their peers from other teams. Yeah, this is all, you know, you can get excited seeing Josh Allen light it up with John Brown on a 50-yard sideline pass, or you can get excited seeing him hitting Cole Beasley in stride and Beasley juking past the defender. But again, this is only just, you know, it's it's basically window dressing. You can go out there and see your favorite players. It's better to do this than go seven on seven or no pads and no helmets and no defenders, which is what we had for a lot of the preseason. So enjoy it for what it's worth. But again, we'll see real progress coming once the preseason games begin. And then really the key test obviously starts September 8th when the Buffalo Bills travel to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets in the opener of the 2019 season. Now that all having been said, um... I, I will be. I will be. I, I, there's a lot to handle. I want to, you know, I'm going to go to the game on Thursday, one preseason voyage every year, and I'm looking forward to not seeing what the starters do because I don't think it's token. I think it's token appearances. They're going to play a series or two. It would be great if the first team offense got some points on one or two of their drives, obviously, and didn't have a calamitous performance out there. But my my whole interest level, I want to see – I love – watching the second and third stringers vying for attention. I love, I want to see David Sills and I want to see Cam Phillips and I want to see Duke Williams at the wide receiver room. I want to see Devin Singletary break out a long run and justify the hype we've been hearing for him as a third round pick who's going to make an awesome impact impression. I want to see the offensive line not be a patchwork and have the guys step up and give some time, you know, for Josh Allen and Matt Barkley and Tyree Jackson. I want to see Tyree Jackson develop and hopefully be able to make this roster and not just have to be a practice squad guy, but maybe be the third string quarterback that they keep on the 53 man roster. Those are the things to give a tease for a future podcast. We'll do about what we're looking forward to most about the preseason games. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what your non-stars will put together and put out during the rest of the preseason games. How about you, Jamie? That's exactly what I'm hoping for. You know, we realize that the starters, they're going to be out by the middle of the second quarter. And that's great. 
don't want them to get injured. The only thing I'm really interested in is them getting down their timing and the offensive line getting their chemistry in place. Outside of that, let's uh, let's watch these guys fight it out and see if they can uh, make the team, or if not, get some good tape so they can make it elsewhere. I'm not one of these guys who feels like uh, if a player isn't on the Bills that I, I want to see them, you know, have a terrible career outside of that. I I think it's really great to see these dudes fighting for uh, fighting for a job, and where that's going to take us, well, that's going to be fun, and that fun starts on Thursday. If you ask me, the MVP, at least in my humble opinion, the guy who has stood out the most of training camp is Ed Oliver, the number nine overall pick, the defensive tackle out of Houston. He has just, every time I go in Buffalo Rumblings or any one of the other media or I go on Twitter, I'm seeing something about Ed Oliver doing an unbelievable job. There was one play where he, I forget which offensive lineman, he pushed back um, and and bowled. Uh, it was, um, I think it was either in Shecky. No, in Shecky, he had pushed into Matt Barkley's lap on a bull rush. And then on Wednesday, this earned the ire of uh, Sean McDermott, where he just so thoroughly dominated his offensive lineman that he was knocked right into Josh Allen, who then fell to the turf. And of course, anytime you're starting your QB1 goes on the ground in preseason and training camp, you don't want to see that. And McDermott yelled at him, you know, for, for giving a major hit uh, that Josh Allen took during practice. But I love this kid's energy. I love his high motor. I love the fact that even though he's not consistently winning all of his one-on-one battles yet, he's hitting those big plays. He's making those instant impact contributions from the defensive uh, line that we really were expecting when the Bills drafted him number nine overall. And, uh, you know, he's getting in the backfield. He's wreaking havoc. And I say I cannot get enough of this because he's the, he was the guy I wanted the Bills to draft back in February when we first started doing draft prognostications. He, I was stunned he was still there at number nine when the Bills did draft this past April. And to see his maturation and development, it's so early. There's so much more to go. But, man, Jamie, sign me up all day long for what Ed Oliver is bringing to the table. You know, the scouting reports on him said that he needed to work on his hand fighting a little bit, that moving from a zero technique to a three technique was going to be an adjustment. And it is. And for those who are not familiar, a zero technique defensive lineman lines up over the offensive center. A three technique is what Kyle Williams was, I should say, who lines up on the outside shoulder of the offensive guard. The difference is... When you're lined up over the center, it is basically a muscle position where you're just trying to stop their blocking scheme from forming and collapsing the pocket. The three technique is the guy that tries to knife into the backfield to make some plays, like we saw Kyle Williams do throughout his illustrious career. Well, he's made that, at Oliver that is, has made that adjustment, and the fact that he's using that freak-like quick first step to blow up his own offensive line is a great sign of things to come. Well, of course, fans, you can look forward to seeing Ed Oliver make his maturation and development step-by-step, week-by-week here on Believe a Buffalo Bills Fan Podcast, along with all of the other members of the Bills trying to make an impact on this team and make the 53-man roster. We will get our first glimpse of what the Bills can do in actual game action Thursday night against the Indianapolis Colts, 7 o'clock kickoff at New Era Field for Kids Day. It'll be definitely an entertaining atmosphere, and it's always fun to see some nighttime football played at the stadium. Uh, we've had a really good time here breaking down our thoughts so far on the pre on the uh, training camp observations for the Buffalo Bills. If you want to get involved with this podcast, again, please 
go to your podcast platform, including Apple and Google Play and Spotify, and type in the Buffalo Rumblings, and you will find our Believe podcast offered once a week during the offseason, twice a week during the regular season. You can also follow us on Twitter at Buff Rumblings. Uh, Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. That's B O C. C-A-C-I-N-O. For my colleague and co-host Jamie D'Amico, I'm John Boccasino signing off on another episode of Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.